morning. Welcome to another episode of History Under Your Feet. Today we take a look at one of the greatest revolutionaries in Indian history, Alluri Sitarama Raju, who led an armed tribal uprising against the British for two years in the Manyam region of Andhra Pradesh. One of the more ignored aspects of the Indian freedom struggle has been the various tribal revolts that broke out against the British rule. Tribals were prohibited from cutting trees for firewood, their traditional podo cultivation was banned. They were often exploited by contractors who used them as labor for building roads in those areas. Many protests broke out in the tribal areas of eastern India, notably Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, western Odisha, Bengal, and one of the more famous ones was that of Birsamunda in Jharkhand. The agency area covering Andhra Pradesh and Telangana is the name given to the tribal tracts of northern parts of both the states, bordering Odisha, Chhattisgarh, and Maharashtra along the eastern ghats. A vast area covering the districts of Vaisak, Vijayanagaram, Shrakulam, Eastern West Godavari in Andhra Pradesh and Kammam, Arangal, Adilabad, Karimnagar in Telangana with its hills, valleys, thick forests and tribals living there. The oppressive Madras Forest Act of 1882 was a curse for the tribals of the agency area who were prohibited from cutting trees for firewood and carrying out their traditional occupations. At such a time, Alluri Sita Ramaraja emerged to fight for the tribal rights and agency and mobilize them for an armed revolution. July 4th, the day when America became independent of British colonial rule, Ramaraju was born at Pandrangi in Vishakhapatnam district in 1897 to a Kshatriya family. His ancestors originally hailed from Rajalo in East Kodari district before they migrated outwards, and his parents, Venkat Ramaraju and Suryanarayana, were originally from Mongolia and West Kodari districts. His younger sister Sitama and her brother Sachinarayana Raju, his real name was Sri Ramaraju, named after his maternal grandfather. In due course of time, he aimed to be called as Sita Ramaraju. He lost his father when he was just six years old and his family had to suffer a lot due to financial difficulties. His uncle Ramakrishnan Raju held the family both financially as well as resisting Raju in his education. In 1909, he joined the Mission High School in Bhimaramat and walked daily to it from Kovada. He also learned horse riding from his friends at Chichinara, a small village near Nisampur, and he studied later at various schools in Rajamandri, Rampachodar, Kakinara, and Pitapura, had to keep shifting constantly from one place to another. His mind was never in studies, he was restless, always moving from one place to another. When his family was at Tuni in 1918, Raju used to tour the hills valleys nearby. When he came into contact with the tribals living there and he saw their condition firsthand, he had the nationalist feelings from an early age itself and believed deeply in God. He would regularly do puja to Devi as well as spend long hours in meditation. The turning point in his life came when he went on a tour to the north in 1916. He stayed with Surendranath Banerjee for some time and attended the Congress session at Lucknow. He learned Sanskrit during his stay at Varanasi, also visited Ujjain Haritwar in Dor, Baroda, Amritsar and Badrinath and learned many languages in course of time. It was a period of learning Roman and read books on medicine, animal breeding and also wrote some himself. In 1918, he went again on another tour, this time travelling to Nasik, Pune, Mumbai, Bastar, Mysore, before coming back to Krishnadevi Peta where he stayed with his mother. With his prowess in various martial arts and Narvada, Raju became a leader and inspiration for people living in the areas surrounding Tuni and Sipatnam. He began to fight for the rights of the tribals in the Manyam region and also led a campaign against alcoholism and casteism. The lot of the tribals was miserable in the Manyam region, suffering exploitation from the Britishers in all ways possible. They were used as laborers, their lands taken over, and their women folk were sexually exploited too. They led a harsh life dependent on podu or shifting cultivation and selling forest produce, and the exploitation made it even worse for them. In collaboration with contractors, the tribals were made to work as coolies for building roads and were not even paid for their services.
The contractors would treat the tribals like slaves, making them work hard, not paying them, beating them up mercilessly. The tribals were made to carry the contractors from one place to another, the women were abused sexually. It was truly a miserable existence from them. Seeing the misery and exploitation, Aluri Raju decided to stand along with the tribals and fight for their rights. He brought awareness among them of their rights, infused courage and determination and motivated them to fight against injustice meted out to them. The tribals in turn turned to him for guidance and advice and soon became the leader of the 30-40 odd tribal villages there. He made them give up their habit of toddy drinking, taught them in guerrilla warfare and combat. The Gama brothers Kantam Dura and Mandu Dura, Kangipatu Padalu, Agiraju soon became one of his trusted lieutenants. Bastin, the Tassildar of Chitrapalli Division, was the most sadistic of all the British officers. He was notorious for his exploitation of the tribal coolies used for the construction of the road from Narsipatnam to Lambasingi. Tribals who demanded more pay were whipped to death and Raju's complaints to higher authorities fell on deaf ears. The authorities in turn getting reports of increasing revolutionary activity began to spy on Raju at Narsipatnam. And for some time he was exiled to avoid detection. With the help of Fazaullah Khan, the deputy collector of Polabram, sympathetic to the tribal cause, Raju once again entered the Manyam region in 1922. For close to two years, he would lead one of the most intense uprisings against the British that nearly shook them to the core. With Maludura, Gantamdara, Padalu, Akirajo, he led a team of nearly 150 fighters against the British, a formidable armed uprising. August 22, 1922, the Manyam Rebellion started with Raju leading the first attack on Chintapalli police station in the Rampachodavram Agency. With 300 rebels, Raju attacked the station, tore apart the records and took away the arms and ammunition from there. 11 guns, 5 swords, 1390 cartridges were taken away from there and Raju personally noted this in the register. And soon it began to spread. Krishna Devi Peta was attacked next and arms taken from there. On August 24, Rajahumangi was attacked and after some resistance from the police there, it was overcome. Virayya Dara, who was his prisoner there, was also freed and he joined Rajo in his struggle. The British struck back, sending Kabad and Haider began to comb the Chintapalli region for Raju and his associates. They were both killed in a guerrilla attack by Raju and the rest of the party had to beat a retreat. The people were now fully in support of Raju and his team of revolutionaries with this victory. And one of the most daring attacks by Raju was on the Adatigala police station which was heavily secured by the British. He along with his associates attacked the station, overpowered the police there and took away all the regions. It was a huge blow to the British authority in the Manyam region. Rampachodam Varam police station was attacked on October 19th and after overpowering it, the people turned out there in large numbers to greet Raju, who by now had become a folk hero in the Manyam. He was turning out to be a thorn in the flesh for the British who sent a huge force under the commander of Sanders to capture him. In a pitched battle, Raju defeated the forces and made Sanders retreat. Whenever Raju captured policemen who were not Indian, they were not killed but rather admonished and asked to go. The British, however, began to use spies as well as the lure of some of Raju's associates who were captured to track him down. The first blow to Raju came on December 6, 1922, when in a pitched battle at Pithakat the British used cannons against the army. Four of his close associates died in that battle and the forces captured some of the weapons. In further raids by British forces, eight more of Raju's men were killed too. For some time, there was a lull amidst rumors that Raju had died, but the British still kept tracking him. Finally, Raju was again seen in Anvaram on April 17, 1923, where the people gave him a huge welcome. The government was more than determined than ever to capture Raju, using spies to track him down. Regular clashes broke out between the forces. There was a pitched battle on September 1923 between Raju and the forces under the command of Underwood, which 
resulted in the latter's defeat. Later, his trusted lieutenant Maludura was captured. However, the British could not find out the whereabouts of Raju. Mallu was later shifted to Andaman Silla and also represented Vaisak in Lok Sabha in 1952. The government now cracked down even more harshly. Tribals were beaten up, tortured to reveal Raju's whereabouts. The entire Manyam region was sealed out. It had become a huge prison. Food supplies were cut off. Even women, children, old men were killed mercilessly. In the meantime, the raids by Raju and his men continued at Padero and the army camped at Gudem. The government appointed Rutherford as a special commissioner to the Manyam region who had a history of suppressing armed revolts. Agiraju, one of Raju's bravest lieutenants, was captured after a fierce encounter and deported to the Andamans. Rutherford sent out an order that unless Raju surrendered in a week, the people in the Manyam region would be massacred en masse. Raju was staying in the house of the Mampa Munsip at the time, and when he came to know that the tribals were being harassed to reveal his whereabouts, his heart melted. He did not want the tribals to suffer for his sake and decided to surrender to the government. But with none willing to surrender Raju to the government, he himself decided to do so on his own. Finally, on May 7, May 7, 1944, he sent an intimation to the government that he was at Koyur and asked to arrest him there. Raju was captured by the police and on May 7, 1924, he was shot dead by a senior British officer, Goodall. It was clear treachery by the British who promised him amnesty if he surrendered. At 27 years, Allori Sita Ramaraju became a martyr, but not before he threw a formidable challenge to the British influence in the Manyam region. Sadly, Raju got no support from the Congress. They in fact welcomed the suppression of the Rampa revolt and his assassination. The Swatantarata weekly magazine in fact claimed that people like Raju should be killed and the Krishna Patrika said that people's people should be given more weapons to protect themselves from the revolutionaries. The best tribute to Raju was paid by Netaji Subhashandra Kose. I consider it my privilege to praise the services of Allori Sitarama Raju to the national movement. The youth of Indian should, India should see him as an inspiration. Allori Sitarama Raju, one of the greatest Indian revolutionaries who shook the British for two years in Manyam, salute to a true hero.